That's the worst of it, said Mr. Tumnus with a deep groan. I'm a kidnapper for her. That's what I am. Look at me, daughter of Eve. Would you believe that I'm the sort of fawn to meet a poor innocent child in the wood, one that had never done me any harm and pretend to be friendly with it and invite it home to my cave and all for the sake of lulling it asleep and then handing it over to the white witch? No, said Lucy. I'm sure you wouldn't do anything of the sort. But I have, said the fawn. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Chase. And I am Kel. And thank you guys for joining us today. Just a reminder that we are talking about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe today. But, general spoiler warning for the Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we tend to go on tangents into other stories that we enjoy. So we will do our best to give spoiler warnings along the way if there's anything particularly crazy, uh, but probably not. And today we're discussing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Chapter 2, What Lucy Found There. Chase, what Lucy found there was a whole lot of sketchiness, but let me go ahead and uh, I'll give us a nice little chapter summary so our, our listeners can understand what exactly Lucy found. So... Lucy enters into Narnia, says good evening to this mysterious fawn, and as the fawn scrambles to pick up his packages, he gave a little bow and greeted her, asking if he was not mistaken that she's a daughter of Eve. Weird thing to call someone that you've just met. Lucy confirms that she is a human girl, and the fawn is delighted. Creepy. Uh, He introduces himself as Tumnus and asks how Lucy has come into Narnia. Lucy, confused about what Narnia is, and after being told the geography lesson of what Narnia is, still confusing, says that she came through the wardrobe in the spare room, and that it was summer there, and the fawn says that it's been winter in Narnia for a long time, as long as he can remember, and he invites Lucy from the land of spare um and the city of wardrobe to come have tea with him. And Lucy hesitantly agrees, saying she can't stay long, but he leads her off to his cave, where he had a roaring fire and put on a pot of tea. Mr. Tumnus's house was warm and full of uh, bookshelves with strange titles, and they had a tea and a snack and some sardines even. And Tumnus began to tell wonderful stories about what, would li- what life was like in the forest before the long winter. He then pulls out a flute, begins to play a tune that makes Lucy want to cry and laugh and dance and sleep, sorry, uh, all at the same time. Lucy stops him saying she really must go, but Tumnus says it will be no good now. And Lucy asks, what do you mean? And he begins to cry, a grown man goat crying. It's weird. And after a while of Lucy trying to calm him down, Tumnus declares that he's a bad fawn. He confesses that he's in the service of the white witch, dun, 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 the evil ruler who covered Narnia an endless winter. He says that he's a kidnapper who lures children to his cave to put them to sleep and or hand them over to the witch. In fact, that it is uh, that's what he's doing at the very moment. And Lucy asks him to not kidnap her. Seems reasonable. And he says that if he doesn't, the witch is going to cut off his tail and saw off his horns and potentially even turn him to stone. Even so, he agrees to let her go home. He doesn't know what humans were like before, but now that he's met Lucy, there's no way that he could kidnap one and give up Lucy to the white witch. That would be just terrible. So Tumnus takes her back to the lamppost, and from there, she can see the daylight coming from the wardrobe. She runs through, runs through the woods, back into the wardrobe, through the furs that she loves smelling, and back into the spare room. She shuts the wardrobe tightly behind her, and she calls out to her sibling, shouting, I'm here, I'm here, I've come back, I'm all right. 
All right. And, you know, Kel, the theme for this chapter that we've agreed on is red flags. Boy, is it. And this is as much as we as much as we gave Uncle Andrew a hard time for the red flags. Mr. Tumnus may have him beat. Yeah. And Lucy may be even more naive and worse than Diggory and Polly were. This was a difficult chapter because I definitely grew up with pro-Tumnus propaganda. Sure. And like, I, mean, you, I always thought the... of him as the sweet good guy, like the friend who's trying to help her. Yeah. How you watch did... the movie and it's Professor X. Like, Professor X is a good guy, so Tumnus has got to be a good guy as well. Yeah, this is... Oh my gosh. So again, and I said this last podcast, but I just have to double down here. Lucy, stranger danger. Like, don't say good evening to random goat man you just met in the middle of the woods. Run. Don't do it. Like, he's going to kidnap you. Don't introduce yourself and then go back to his house with him. You're like, hey, run away. House house is being generous. True. So this, this whole chapter is going to be filled with us complaining. I think rightfully so. I think I have like one observation about this chapter that is not a red flag. It's uh, it's pretty, it's a rough look, honestly, uh, across the board. It's not great. Um, and, but we'll get there. So starts off, she says, good evening. And Tumnus trying to, he, he, he goes, excuse me, I don't want to be inquisitive, but should I be right in thinking that you're a daughter of Eve? Who says this? This is weird. Like, how do I to play it cool, kidnapper? Yeah, like, which like, just another life lesson here to all our listeners. If the first question a person asks you is what race you are, and then they seem weirdly excited at your answer, run away. Yeah, it, just get out. And she goes, without being prompted, she goes, my name's Lucy. Stop. She's clearly learned nothing from her professor friend, <laughs> who's not an uncle, True. Uh, about stranger danger. But, and then, so, you know, aside from all this, Thomas then goes, but you are, forgive me, you're what they call a girl? Oh my gosh, Chase. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm a girl. You are, in fact, a human? Of course I'm a human. Leave, Lucy. This is not normal. Get, Get out of there. Out. <laughs> and like uh, then he goes, my name is Tumnus. If anything else wasn't a red flag, this is. Because what a dumb name Tumnus is. It's uh, ridiculous. Well, Get his name there, is Tumnus because you can see his Tumney. <laughs> <laughs> his Tumney? T-U-M-N-Y. Thank you. If, like, as soon as someone's like, hey, my name's Tumnus, I'd be like, I'm out. Like, also, you're not wearing a shirt. You're a goat man. Lucy's the one who calls him Mr. Like, that's true. He wasn't Mr. Tumnus. He was just Tumnus, and she gave him the the title. She's being very polite to her kidnapper. Oh my gosh. Which, yeah. Also, in addition to just not. Not giving your name to random strangers. Don't if the random stranger you just met in the middle of the night in the woods asks you where you live, yeah, don't how, tell how, them. 
how did you come into Narnia? Which, first of all, what's Narnia? And he tells them, you know, we've, we've discussed this with Magician's Nephew. Narnia is a very confusing topic. And he says it's all that lies between the lamppost and the eastern sea where Care Paravel is. It's foreshadowing. But Which they are on the border right now. But like, what's Narnia, Chase? Is it the country? Yes. Is it the world? Maybe. Yes, according to the last book. But so also, like, he's real good with geography for not being good with geography, right? Yeah. Well, he's, you know, Narnian country geography. He doesn't know about all these foreign countries like wardrobe and spare um. Uh, Which it is a delightful line. But honestly, honestly, hilarious. Like, let's be real. Let's give Tumnus a little credit and C.S. Lewis a little credit. Like, that's hilarious. Like, I, straight up. I um. always remember that scene from the movie. Of just and it, like, and oh, it comes across really well. Yeah, he plays it with well. A, with, with, with him acting and the like a good British accent really does this credit because in, in American English, we're, we're very, we speak hard R's. Uh, and so it's like spare um. It's like, all right, whatever, but like spare um, wardrobe, like, it's it's very enunciated and it's very clear. Like this is it's honestly hilarious. Yeah. But even so, with the hilarity, yeah, Lucy so, still tells him where yeah. she's from and where she got into this Narnian world. Like, stop. He's like, Le- this is terrible. Legit question, because it is how it reads. Mm-hmm. Is he flirting with her? I, you know, I don't think he's intending it. Because I think, like, this is 1950. I think it's just, he's trying to be charming. Uh, he, but, it reads as him trying to be charming. Like, it yes. reads like someone who is laying it on thick. And sure. that, yeah. If you're a grown man in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the night. Grown man, You're goes. flirting with a child. Run away. Red it's, flags. It's not. It's not great. But he. All he does. He. He. He then invites her to come have tea with him. And this is where I'd like to insert uh, my. It's a baby. It's cold outside. Narnian remix. If you are not aware of the holiday song, baby, it's cold outside. It's got some real. Let's call it sexual assaulty vibes. Uh, and some real non-consent vibes here. But really this is stay, baby. But it's Lucy, it's outside. just around the corner. Uh, I shouldn't stay long. Well, I'll have a warm fire, Tito sardines, and cake to eat. Okay, fine. I'll go with you, random stranger, who's also a mythical creature. Follow me through the woods into a cave. Sounds reasonable to me. All right, just listen to this song while I, you know, like play you to sleep. Like that is that is the song that he played her. Uh, it's it's big. It's cold outside. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. Maybe it's cold outside is a song that both makes you want to laugh and cry and dance and go to sleep all at the same time. I wish that a song that was like had so many like kind of like rapey vibes wasn't so catchy. Yeah, I wish it wasn't a traditional holiday song that we continue to play on the radio. That like hundreds of people have covered. Like... Uh, it's it's not great, but you, how did you we know not what? notice this till five years ago? Either <laughs> it's, I mean, well, me too. Yeah. But 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but they make their way through the woods. Over the river. Randomly. Through the woods. Into a cave chase. Into a cave. He lives in a cave. I, I don't know if I can overstate this. It's a cave. Yeah. It's not a house. It's not an apartment. It's not a log cabin. It's a cave. Just to continue the clarity of our life lessons in this chapter, if by some chance of bad decision-making, you do decide to go back home with the random stranger you just met in the woods, and it happens to be a cave, run away! I don't know how many more red flags you need, but at least, Chase, at least it's a really nice cave. It's really cozy. It's really homey and warm. Well, I mean, he kidnapped me, but he also gave me a pot of tea, so I really don't know. Like, speaking of tea, she accepts tea and food from a random stranger who's also a goat man. Don't accept food prepared by strangers that you didn't pay for. Did you see him make the tea? Did you see him prepare the food? Don't leave your drink uncovered alone in a party. Like, I don't like that we have to state these things, and I don't like that this is the world that we live in. But, I mean, women are dealing with this all the time. Like, don't yeah. do not deal with this. Go Lucy away. She should have been carrying some keys between her knuckles. Um, but so, My first non-red flag note of this yeah. chapter. Sure. It, it still may be a red flag. We'll see. Mr. Tumnus has some interesting books. Um, Great books. The Life and Letters of Silenus. So the, the Life and Times some, of Albus Dumbledore. Yes. I'm assuming sure. some political philosophy. Uh, nymphs in their ways. Whew. Seems a little. Uh, we we a won't little go there. It's a, fam- it's a family podcast. Um, it's a, that's a you know that seems like the novel that uh, you know uh, like middle aged woman is like trying to hide in the midst of her of her like newspaper. Yeah. This is this is the equivalent of How to Charm Witches. Uh, that's a book seven Harry Potter reference for those who aren't on board we've made two so far The Life and Times of Albus Dumbledore and How to Charm (laughs) Witches Men, Monks, and Gamekeepers what is this book about? is this a warning guide? it's a uh, you know if you read the subtitle oh is that the subtitle? A Study in Popular Legend yes Uh, I didn't catch that so I assume that this is just a uh, this is a this is their like their fairy tales book about humans and then it follows up with is man a myth so here's my question all of this sure would mr tumnus be a flat earther um a flat narnier maybe yeah um, which the map in the book is flat i'll give him that sure. I, we, I, we do have to note at least from my perspective this podcast is both pro-vaccine and believes in a spherical earth uh, yes. But I'm getting real conspiracy theory vibes from Tumnus's book collection here. If he's not like is, a man of myth, them, he's he's at least entertaining them. Yeah, like he'd be on some weird internet forums. Let's just put it that for way. sure. But like, in addition to his great books, he's also got great stories uh, about myths. some of which included Silenus, who is a book that he had. So that makes me wonder if his stories are made up. And and Bacchus himself, which I'm not, you know, I'm not the most well versed in like Greek mythology, but isn't Bacchus B A C C H U S? That is a feature or a, a character think, from Greek mythology. I think mythology, it's Roman correct? mythology. I could be. Okay. I could be. Wrong. But this is an actual character. 
correct? But yes, that is correct. The god of wine. Uh, okay. And That's, is that the is that the Roman version of Dionysus? I think so. All right. Well, um, you're you're, you're I think right. He because, also might be a fawn. I think you're right because because Bacchus, Bacchus, whatever would lead to probably the the, the word debauchery. Yes. So, I yes, that is the same Latin root. All right. Um, so, so and if if we're wrong, don't add us. So apparently, I'm straight out of my butt right now. So in Narnia, not only does do certain characters from Greek mythology or Roman mythology, apologies, uh, uh, from Roman mythology exist in the world as we will see in this book, just this book. Yes. But Santa Claus, yes. Saint Nicholas, also Father Christmas. Sorry. Clearly. He also exists in this world. So because Christ was also born in Narnia. Correct. Uh, so, like Narnia, Narnia is really dabbling in the multiverse here. Oh yeah, absolutely. It really shows that the person who created Narnia created all the other places. Um, it's, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, it really is confusing because I know that. When Aslan created Narnia, he created like gods and goddesses too. Um, aren't they? Does he just like copy paste Roman gods and goddesses? It's <laughs> uh, a great question. Are, are the river gods and is it Poseidon? Poseidon and his children is definitely the vibe from the Prince Caspian movie. It's a giant water man, which like, come on now. What I feel like this? I remember a trident. You you probably did. I I choose to not watch those movies. Just yeah. the first one. Just Chronicle, like just the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, Lion, the, the other Witch, and the are, Wardrobe is only is the only one true to uh, the only one canon. canon. Yeah, just waiting for that Disney Plus series. Yeah, I it'll would come. take it honestly. It'll it'll happen. But he gets really bummed because Tumnus. He gets really sad because he starts thinking about the endless winter, and you know the fact that he's kidnapping a child. And he decides, well, it's about time to get on with the plot. Uh, and he <laughs> goes and grabs his roofie flute. Uh, Rufluti? Rufloot. Rufloot. Sure. I think we'll that's a, a Pokemon. <laughs> I choose you, Rufloot. It's a Pokemon that plays a flute and puts you to sleep. Yes. And then kidnaps it, it's you only and turns you into the White Witch for money. It's only ability to sleep, but every sixth time you use sleep, it is super powerful. So it's basically like Jigglypuff, except there's no screech and you're a kidnapper. True. Cool. And then you also cry for like three pages straight. Yeah. You know, so immediately Lucy falls asleep because of this roofie flute, the roof flute. Um, and because it, you know, makes her want to laugh and cry and dance and sleep. And she sleeps for a few hours. Uh, and she freaks out. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Mr. Tumnus. She apologizes. This is, okay, I can't. This is like, I like. She, why is she apologizing? Stop it. Like, yeah. Look, I, I just, I can't, man. I, I could go on another rant. I'm just not going to. Let's, Mr. Tumnus breaking down crying. Let's jump to this because it's so Lucy wakes up. She freaks out. She tells him she needs to go. And Tumnus and me is like, it's no good now. And he starts shaking 
uncontrollably and crying. And Lucy's really confused as anyone should be like, she's already in this position where she shouldn't be. And then this old goat man starts weeping and is not really being very forthright about knowledge and information. Uh, she's trying to figure out what's going on for several pages for several pages. Like, it's not like this is a, like a two paragraph and this is like, this is a, like a third asks, of the chapter is him. crying. It's just him crying. She going, what's wrong? Oh, you wouldn't understand. It's too late. What's too late. I'm crying. No Why one understands crying? me. It's too late. I'm a bad fawn. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. And he's weeping for his bad deeds, which granted he is, he's a, He's not good at this point. There is there is yeah. nothing good right now. Which like but he, I'm I'm usually not a proponent of shame, but he, he is, should be ashamed. He like, should be ashamed. He is a significant percentage into a kidnapping plot, but like I mean, he has arguably a hundred percent into a kidnapping plot. I would call it most of the way because he has not communicated with the queen yet. Yeah, but he still kidnapped her. He's he, oh, just he letting is her kidnapped go. her. He just the ransom part of it maybe yeah. is not. Yeah, so, he hasn't written the ransom note, but he has kidnapped her. But like, so like it's, there it's is an Amber like, Alert out right now. Sure, there should be, but as you know, time doesn't move on uh, in oh, the true. real world. You know, it's whatever. But all, all these things to say, like he hasn't contacted the White Witch. Like it's not too late, and like as we'll find out at the end of this chapter, like he's gonna let her go. Why is he like like he should feel ashamed? He is a bad dude, but you can still like get her out of here. Why are you weeping? Like, yeah, I think he's having a moment of crisis as he realizes that the cult he's been following is the bad guys. Uh, like, I think this is Mister Tumnus's de-radicalization. Well, that's you know something. I, I mean, guess that's. Which, again, traumatic. It's traumatic to realize the thing that you've been following and believing and doing is evil. To to quote Michael Scott, man, turns out you were the bad guy all along. What Which, a uh, what a great plot twist! If if your never team, saw it coming. If your team is into kidnapping children, you're probably the bad guy. It's not a good look. It's at least something like a red flag that you should take notice of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, theme of this chapter, red flag. Like if you're if the person you're following has uh let's let's just name a few things that that, that Mr. Tumnus is aware of. If the person you're following has fascist created an eternal a you know, fascist tendencies has created an eternal winter, uh where it's not even it's never Christmas, just yeah. winter. Yeah. Uh there's hate, and everyone's Christmas, always miserable. Anti Christmas, war on has Christmas. told you to be on alert for children for human children mm. so that you can kidnap them kidnap them and deliver them to her so she can murder them maybe you should sort out where your allegiances are because yeah. these are all bright red flags covered in the blood of human children or at least the blood of future human children uh, yeah at, at least she's the first one at least yeah but like <sighs> It's whatever. So he's weeping. He's but the crying. way he talks, he's very committed to his job as a kidnapper. He identifies he's, as a kidnapper. 
He does. He identifies as no. This is my whole. That's his thing. job. This yeah. is just the first time I've gotten to do it. Yeah, he's a. You know, it's it's one. Like if you're gonna like, don't be a kidnapper. But like, he's also just like, it's a bad kidnapper. I guess at yeah. least it, he's a bad ransomer. But yeah. more than yeah. anything, he's he's a good kidnapper. Actually, he was great, very charming. Great kidnapper. Spare room. Very charming. He spare room. Hilarious. <laughs> great work here. Uh, but. but he, he's weeping and he's crying and he says, I'm crying because I'm such a bad fawn. And Lucy, shh, just stop. Lucy says, I think you're a very good fawn. You're the nicest fawn I've ever met. To be fair, he's, oh, also, the, he's also the meanest and the worst fawn uh, that she's ever met. Because she's only ever met one fawn because it's a mythical creature in a world that deals with magic. This is a, like, uh, it's a red flag, Lucy. Fawns are not a monolith. Um, like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, if someone, I, this is just a pro tip from from a couple years of pastoring people and counseling people. If someone is distraught and is saying, "Oh, I'm I'm messed up real bad. Like I did something wrong," you're response should probably not be no you didn't do anything wrong you're a good person your response should be what do you mean tell me more what is causing this just good listening skills another pastoring piece of advice if the person who is you know complaining about being a bad person has also kidnapped you and brought you to his woodland cave and he's also a man goat don't ask questions leave <laughs> like yeah. get out. that is yeah. friend, friendly piece of pastoring advice yeah but generally if the person you're hanging out with admits that they are currently kidnapping you don't keep spending time with them if you can get out get out even if like, they feel bad about it it's not worth forgiving them and i think this yeah. is my main take on this whole situation I don't think Lucy should be so quick to forgive Mr. Tumnus. No, and we'll get to that. We'll get to there. Because there's still more red flags to deal oh, with here. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Because Go on. He, so the font admits to being under service, under the pay of the White Witch, freaking Jadis, doesn't know how to leave good enough alone. Uh, sure. She comes back and event, so I guess the tree. She, the she's gotten tree ice powers since then. She's gotten ice <laughs> powers. Uh, so that's new. Uh She's also apparently destroyed the tree and created she, eternal winter. She's become a White Walker, is what happened. Man, the crossover. This I is... mean, there's no way that George R. R. Martin didn't base that idea at least somewhat off of this book, right? Because this is like assume. one of the classic fantasy children's books. Like, sure. there's not actually a large history of fantasy. Like, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis are some of the foundational points of popular fantasy. Sure. And this is the first time in popular fantasy literature we see an, a like long winter taking over a land. Like, yeah. I think it makes sense. <laughs> like, winter being is, associated with what is bad. Yeah, like, winter is coming. Yeah, and so... It's it's got to be a thing, but so he he says he's under the under the service of the white witch, which like witches are bad. Yeah, so, generally, usually. So his he is under the employment of a bad person. You can just assume, and then he tells her, "I am a kidnapper. 
I work for her. That is what I do. I look for daughters of Eve, which as we've come to learn are human girls. And like, then he goes, would you believe that I'm the sort of fawn to meet a poor innocent child in the woods, one that had never done me any harm, pretend to be friendly with it and invite it to my home, to my cave, all for the sake of lulling it asleep and then handing it over to the white witch. Everyone else in the world besides Lucy. Yes, 100%. Yeah. We do yeah, believe, I can believe that. that. Lucy, no way, not you. Lucy, listen to the words he just spoke. He's describing your situation. He's describing what just happened. Like, How could you possibly believe that I'm the kind of person who would, I don't know, write up a podcast doc and then start a Zoom call and then sit on a Zoom call for two hours? No. Wait, that's what's happening right now. What? We're what? doing that. Huh? Am I a bad it's, person? <laughs> it's So it's like, she goes, no, I'm sure you wouldn't have. And he goes, but I have. And he's like, no, no, no. That's what I'm doing. She goes, well, like, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're very sorry for it and you'll never do it again. And like the fawn, like, Mr. Are you sure? This, Mr. Tundas at this point is got to be like, dude, I'm trying to confess to you right now that I have currently kidnapped you. I, like, like, I am in the process of kidnapping you. Like Lucy, very sweet, very, very kind, very pure, but yeah. very dumb. Hufflepuffs are just too trusting sometimes. Too trusting. He is currently kidnapping you. You are the victim here. Like, even if you weren't, the fact that he's admitted to kidnapping other girls before, if that was the case, should be a red flag. Get out. This is a very fast case of Stockholm Syndrome. Like, it's like she started with it. And so, like... (laughs) She had it before they even met. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's it's a country song waiting to be written. It's it's really not good. Uh, and it's it's a thing where, like, I just, I'm blown away by this. And this whole podcast, as our listeners have been able to tell, is about this concept. But we get to the point where Tumnus is talking about the, uh, the, the punishments, the consequences, if he does not hand over Lucy to the White Witch, uh, which, because she has spies everywhere, she's probably going to find out, which she will. But like, uh, she goes, she's sure to cut his tail off, saw his horns off, pluck his beard out. I like how this is thrown in there. It goes, turn his hoofs solid like a horse's. Which, no! This this requires (laughs) some really specific knowledge of goats and horses anatomy. It's a cloven hoof versus a, you know, filled in hoof. But it's also, Uh. it's like... Why is that that big of a deal? Horses are better than goats, I think, in most people's estimation and ranking system. Yeah, but, then, but if you've got cloven hooves, you have better balance and ability to climb things because you're not dealing with the same surface area. Yeah, but if you're more it like a horse, difference. people like you more. Uh, well, I mean, unless your name is Fledge, but we don't have to get into that. Oh, Fledge. R.I.P. Probably. I, I mean, we can assume point. it's been... Like it's been a few hundred years, so like it's you know assumed. But and then he goes, the worst of all, he could get turned into stone. And this is where like C.S. Lewis almost is really good at foreshadowing, and then like gives a little nudge where he goes, until the four thrones at Care Paravel are filled. Good foreshadowing. Leave it there, and no one like like you'd be like, oh, that was a good little hint. And then he goes, goodness knows when that will happen or whether it'll happen ever at all. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, if you didn't catch that, 
like nudge nudge this ah, is an important not. That this is happen. an important thing to pay attention to uh, children or like people who are reading this book yeah uh, it's a children's book they got to let you know in the second chapter how it's going to end yeah it's 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 not it's not great not a good look but then he goes uh she she's like well please just let me go and he goes of course i'll let you go because now that i've met a human and i've you know i didn't know what you were like before i couldn't give you up to the witch now like that's the reason that kidnapping is wrong that the fact that you met a kind one like would it yeah. would it have been better if the human child, the little girl that you were kidnapping, was a kind of a brat? Like, yeah, no, this it's is still morally reprehensible. This is like the people who say they're not racist because they have a black friend. Like, yeah. just because you decided not to kidnap all the way doesn't make you no longer a kidnapper. Like, just because yeah. you know one person of another race who puts up with you doesn't make you not a racist. Like there, we, we need more evidence of a different way of life before we can say, nah, you good. Like yeah. kidnapping a child is not okay. It's not it's, a good intention. Even if you changed your mind. No, no, it's really not. And like, ah, it just, it's ridiculous to me, but all like all said and done and he decides to let her go so that you know if he's like i'll take you back to the lamppost and from there you could probably find your way to spare oob and wardrobe which become less funny as you go on because now it's associated with kidnap yeah it, it's like, less funny the second time for sure also if he's already told you hey our entire earlier interactions i was lying to you because i wanted to do bad things to you Correct. And then he says, so let me walk you back to where that happened. Maybe go by yourself. Like I don't Maybe. know. It might be a trap because he's already alerted the white witch and he's taking you to deliver you, but he doesn't want to drag you. Like, yeah. obviously that didn't happen. But just note of wisdom. Yeah. Don't go with your kidnapper. Just on a stroll through the woods just cause like don't start to trust him just cause he said he's sorry. No, it's, it's rough. It's really, it's really not good, but whatever. So she goes, can you, he, he, he asked, can you ever forgive me? And she says, of course I can. Like, sure. I'll forgive you immediately and pretend like we're best friends. No, no, well, she Lucy. does through the rest of the book. Like she will this proceed. Is the favorite the, person she's ever met. Like she will proceed in the following chapters to be like, "Hey, like brothers and sisters, like I just met this really kind fawn, Mister Tumnus. You should come meet him with me." Excuse me, were you referring to the fawn who tried to kidnap you and extort you, like the 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 child smuggler, like? Are you, is this the fawn you're referring to? Hey. Yeah, best friends. Hey, Gretel, I found a house in the woods made of candy. And, like, there's a witch inside. And she said she wanted to eat me. But, like, you should come check it out with me. It's Also, my really name is kind. Hansel. 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 That Hansel's so hot right now. <laughs> uh, uh, but, like, they will... He, 
you're way too quick to forgive here and you're way too quick to forget like that's not that's not good and wise like maybe forgiveness like that's a great quality and a great christian thing to do but also like forgetting do not forget this like yeah forgiveness doesn't mean you have don't need boundaries. And this is a thing right. that we're bad at teaching people, especially people who go through trauma. Yeah. Rant over. You, you don't let, I, I don't know if it is over. It's the thing where it's like, don't let people who have continually hurt you and done damage to you continue to hurt you and do damage to you. Like it is okay to put boundaries in and not allow those things to happen. Forgiving is one thing, but like you don't have to, Forgiveness is not allowing someone to continue hurting you over and over. Like, or you don't, you don't let a child kidnapper be in the presence of future children. Like, but what if he's nice, Kel? He probably will be. He's very charming. (laughs) That's that's how he kidnapped them in the first place. That's what happened. It's part of his whole deal. Like, it's just mind blowing, but he goes, Perhaps I could keep your handkerchief that I was crying and snouting into. And she goes, yeah, sure. So on top of all this, could, he's could I keep a token to yeah. remember you by little it, girl dude. that I just kidnapped? I hate it. I hate it all. I hate it. Oh. I just, I purely hate it. Yeah. But finally moving past all of the red flags in this chapter, she runs through the woods. Back I'm here. I'm here. I've come back. I'm all right. Thank Shut God. Up, <laughs> it doesn't end quite with that but that's i assume the next the next I mean, line i haven't started reading the next chapter but i'm pretty sure that's the opening line more or less i'm sure uh but we've made it back uh chase do you have anything else to add real quick before we head further up and further in uh, only that i'm tired from from all these traumatic things happening to children in stories it's it's not great. Now I'm, I'm gonna. I know that that's what you're further up and further in is going to deal with. And I saw that earlier, and so I'm gonna let you dive in to that fully. Because uh, my further up and further in, I just want to talk through the the foreshadowing that he puts in this chapter. Cool. Regarding yeah. things. Yeah, we need to end on a lighter note than kidnapping. <laughs> so if if you would like, would you yeah. like to start the further up and further in? Then? Yeah, I'll, I'll take us further up and further in. Uh. So I just wanted to talk, as we've been talking about, about the normalization of creepiness towards children in literature. And this is less of a deep observation and more of an angry rant. But if you didn't notice, every observation we had about this chapter was a red flag about Mr. Tumnus's behavior toward Lucy. These are things that should have been signs that he is not a safe person to be around. And I... Like we said at the beginning, I think he had more red flags than Uncle Andrew and the magician's nephew, and that's saying something. But this is actually a trend in storytelling. Like This is a normal thing for the young protagonist to find an older, mysterious person who transgresses their personal boundaries and comfort zone, but then justifies it as okay because in the end they turn out to be helpful or act like a mentor to them. Like this is a literal part of the hero's journey that we were taught in school, and honestly, I think I'm over it. I'm calling BS. Like we are normalizing creepy behavior towards children through storytelling and justifying it, saying that they meant well, so it must be okay. No, it's not okay. Like it's not okay that Mr. Tumnus intended to kidnap Lucy. Just because he changed his mind does not suddenly make him sweet. 
I know this is a hot take that many will not agree with, especially about Mr. Tumnus, but we need to do a better job of teaching children proper boundaries to recognize when someone is crossing a line and to separate themselves from uncomfortable situations. It's not okay. Down with Tumnus. I apologize to the pro-Tumnus gang out there, but it's it's not, not acceptable. Preach on, man. Amen. Like, it's it's great. But to end on a slightly lighter note, uh, we're going, I just want to quickly address some of the seeds that he is planting in this chapter, and uh, which are like cool things that are neater things that are going to happen, uh, or at least some of the neater things. Uh, so if you are currently reading the books for the first time, if you don't know the stories, plug your ears because this is going to be a spoiler filled further up and further in. Uh, feel free to skip you uh, skip forward a little bit but some of the foreshadowing that we see immediately uh, obviously we're going to foreshadow the relationship between Tumnus and uh, and little Lucy though it should not occur it will occur and that is going to be a driving force and a factor in uh, her like decision to bring her siblings back to Narnia and then their uh, quest to make sure everything is good we have foreshadowed the White Witch, who is the queen. We don't know that it is the same person at this moment, but we we know it. It's the White Witch. And she has uh, cast everything into an eternal winter where there is no Christmas. Guess what will come back later in the book? Christmas. And that's a sign of hope. Uh, Care Paravel, which is a castle. Uh, it's a castle for the kings and queens of Narnia. This is where, uh, assuming, uh, Frank and Helen... Uh, the first kings and queens of Narnia that we discussed in the previous book. Frank! Frank and Helen. Uh, this is where we assume that they uh, that they became, uh, that they had their king and queenship uh, in this castle. And it is foreshadowed that the thrones of Care Paravel, the four thrones of Care Paravel, interesting that there's four, Chase, and there happens to be four Pevensey children. Uh, this, this is where they're going to be filled. And once they are filled, hope will return to Narnia. Crazy how that's going to work. I wonder if that's going to happen later with the four main characters of this story. Uh, Mr. Tumnus foreshadows that, uh, the, you know, some of the consequences of having allowed a human child to escape his kidnapping plot would be potentially getting turned to stone. In fact, later in this book, we will see that him, along with a surprising amount of other creatures, are turned to stone. A very red flag worthy amount of creatures are turned to stone by the White Witch, who apparently doesn't just have ice powers, but has stone powers. Uh, so that is something that exists. So that is a uh, that is something that occurs here. And as we have discussed in the previous podcasts about the previous book, there is a difference in time between Narnia and the real world. And so uh, when she has felt like she's been gone for hours and she bursts through the door, she's foreshadowing already that there is going to be some kind of discrepancy here. And it's setting up some tension and some plot that will occur in the immediate paragraphs to follow in chapter three. Uh, but just looking at some of the seeds planted by Lewis, he does a decent job here of actually pointing forward towards things that will become major plot lines down the, down the line. Uh, so Chase, We've held we've held these listeners hostage for long enough. We've uh, put them to sleep with our melodious yeah. tones. The the flute is playing. Our eyes are getting heavy. 
the and before before we you know lead you back to the to the lamp post where you could find your way back to spare um and wardrobe and uh, bedroom and you know wherever else you may be listening sibling. from sibling uh, wherever else you may be listening from we'd love it if you could uh, you know leave us some great reviews go uh, go give us some five star ratings if you you know if you feel like it it would help us out a lot on the podcast. Uh, let your friends know about this podcast. If you're having a great time, you want to keep uh, having some fun times with some literature uh, and uh, go follow us on Instagram. But until, uh, until our next podcast, Chase, can I have your handkerchief? Would you, would you mind if I kept it? I mean, you have already covered it in snot, so I guess. Well, in that case, I'm keeping it. And I hope you have a, have a safe travel back to your home. that i'm pretty sure you are the result of this happening or like you are the cause of all of this happening because who was the first person in recent memory to leave tuscaloosa to come back to texas i mean i did get here before they did so I don't I, know if it was me or if the gravitational pull, like the contracts were yes, signed. Yeah, and that was when the switch flipped in my brain. Well, so, like, so you're kind of like I don't belong like here. If, like if a uh, like if something heavy sinks into the water and the pull from behind it pulls you down with it, you're yes. the thing sinking first. That's pulling Coach Stark and everyone else back to Texas. Yes, I would have always felt that way about myself. I good. <laughs> You're just a heavy thing sinking in the water. <laughs> that, that actually is really accurate. That feels right. Uh, it just seems it seems really self-deprecating. But did I pay for this therapy? Hey, dude. I uh, you don't have to call me a pastor. I just am one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>